The pads are about to come on in Cincinnati Bengals training camp, but maybe more importantly, Joe Burrow walked across the locker room. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're on the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, and you can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to be an everyday or make your life that much easier to get those notifications when our episodes are up on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, and also become a first listener, making us your first listen of the day, and we appreciate every single one of you who takes one or both of those boxes and training camp rolls on James. We get practice observations every day. We've got injury updates every day. We've got roster battles to talk about every day, but not every day do we have Joe Burrow walking across the locker room four days after a calf strain to talk about. And maybe he's sending a message. We talked about that before the show, right? He's moving. Well, he's not in a boot. He's not on the scooter. You were there. You saw this in person. Does Joe Burrow look like a man with a strained calf? Joe Burrow is just giving us content. He said, hey, oh, you, you think that I'm buried and not playing week one. You think I'm going to be out for six weeks. You think that this is going to be like last year where you don't see me. Well, not only are you seeing me, but uh, and he wasn't headband, Joe, either. No headband, which makes sense because he wasn't working out. He says he only wears them working out. But uh, the hair got in his eyes. He had to, you know, do this. I've never had that problem, but, you know, he had to do that. Um, anyways, yeah, he uh, was talking with Ted Karras. And I didn't even, like, realize he was talking with Ted Karras. Like, I didn't realize it was Joe for a second. And then I looked over again, and I did a double take. I'm like, oh, he does exist. He's still in the building. And, and I knew he was in the building, but I just haven't seen him since Thursday. And uh, talk with Ted Karras for a little bit. Naturally, I, I looked over and started talking with the writers. I'm like, you think he's just going to sit there the whole media session? There's, does he get up? And a couple were like, nah, he's not going to get up. There's no way. And I'm like, he's not going to just sit there, though. Like, we still had like 40 minutes. Like, it would have been a really long sit time with Ted Karras, who still needed to shower. So I was just kind of observing. And then suddenly Joe stands up, jokes around, takes a step back over around and then walks across the locker room which is i would say like 40 feet like it's not it's not quick it's and there was no there was no noticeable anything i've seen joe burrow walk how many times in the locker room playing ping pong and just strolling along and, and all of those things and it looked the same that, that like it's always looked now you're right no scooter i think that's a good sign no boot i think that's a good sign i uh did and have to say he had the compression sleeve on the the black one similar to what he had maybe the exact same one or same brand that he had on on thursday when he did suffer the calf strain but he looked pretty normal and i heard he was feeling really good i can add that i heard he was feeling really good and yet i say all of that and i know that some are like oh well maybe he should be practicing and he's not gonna be practicing anytime soon so as, as good as he looked, it's all encouraging. I don't think there's a chance we see Joe Burrow practice anytime in the next 
I would say three weeks, probably four. Like I, I think they're going to really baby this so it isn't a a big deal later because they probably feel like they dodged a bullet. That's fine. Now give him every second, shelve him, protect him from himself, and make sure that this isn't a lingering issue all season long. Yeah, that's what you want to avoid with any muscle strain, any injury like this where the chance of re-injury, the chance of recurrence is higher than you would like it to be. And I talked to, uh, we talked with Brandon Bowers later this week, Dr. Brandon Bowers, physical therapy doctor, talked to him about the the calf rehab process, which hopefully we'll be able to bring you a little bit later this week. And we, we talked about the recurrence rates and, and how these things can, can work out. And we're going to have that for you later this week. But that's where it makes sense to take a little bit of extra time, right? And we'll we'll see how the process goes, but no boot is a good sign. A boot could be used in a calf strain in order to prevent the muscle from loading and having to do a lot of work to take that that calf muscle out of the equation of walking. They had him on a scooter, we know, right after the injury. So it sounds like things have been promising so far. None of this is to say that you know he's ready to go. Like you said, James, we're probably not gonna see him for a while because the longer you give it to heal, Mm -hmm. the the better chance you have at not missing something when they're doing repeated imaging tests to look at the the quality of the tissue and and how much it's healed and see where the scar tissue is and all these things you're more likely to have a a steadier closer to 100% muscle going into the regular season which is obviously the goal and you know it would be ideal to get those reps of course and and some of this is speculatory but I think it's good news, but I, I don't necessarily think it changes anything that we've talked about so far in terms of, you know, timetables and playing in the preseason, which seems infinitesimally small odds that, that he'll do that at this point. And that's about the same as, as we've talked about as well. Zero chance. In fact, if, if he does, if he suits up in a preseason game and plays, plays, I'll fly you out here for that Monday night game. That ain't happening. Just just to point it out, I don't yeah. plan on buying you a plane ticket ever, Jake Lisko. It's expensive. <laughs> We're going to be like, it. you're so mean. I haven't even looked at the prices, so I, I probably am mad at myself for even putting it out there. I, I would – risking that is so – like all you have to do is remember the feeling last Thursday, and it's like, mm-hmm. nope, not worth it. And that yeah. doesn't mean that, – that doesn't mean you, you play it safe the whole time. No, it just means what matters and what doesn't. And what doesn't matter is July football or August football. It just doesn't. From that perspective, obviously, mm-hmm. there are things that matter, but not when it comes to the franchise. And so, yeah, I do think he wore a boot at one point. And, and by the way, he may be still wearing a boot a lot of the time. This may right. have been super calculated where yeah. he's like, oh, the media is coming in. I'm tying this shoe up nice and tight and, and I'm putting my shoe on and I'm going to talk to Ted. Hey, watch this, guys. It could have been that. I mean, it's only an hour, and he went back to his locker, and he was on his phone, and he's probably doing the same stuff he would have done anyways at the same time because he's waiting on meetings now and waiting for guys to shower mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the same time, it, it's a really good sign. So I was encouraged by it. I, I know he was aware that we were looking. Of course, why wouldn't we? It's, I, heck, I wrote an article about it at All Bengals. Like, that's just it. That's what we're at. It, it's silly, right? Joe Burrow walks. Yeah, well. We just spent seven county, minutes on it. Easy. In this town, he walks on water. So, yeah, it's a, it's a topic. That said, uh, there were some other injury updates that we, we should hit on. Um, should we hit on those now, or do you want me to uh, 
Yeah. To toss it. What do you think? I, I think it's quick. So Drew Christman was back at practice, talked a little bit about what he's going through. Didn't talk about specifics. He did not practice. Hopefully that is something that can happen for him in, in the relatively near future. And Trey Hendrickson, Zach Taylor said will be managed this week. He did not practice. He was in street clothes, has a, a lower leg thing. I hesitate to even call it an injury. Zach Taylor downplayed it, said that this week they were going to manage him. So might not see a ton of Trey Hendrickson this week as as he's coming back or, or dealing with something that, that could be worse if they let it get away from them. So they're going to, going to let Trey Hendrickson make sure he's good to go. Because as you said, James, there, there are things that matter and getting reps do matter at this time of year and working in training camp and all that stuff does matter. But the most important thing coming out of training camp by far is that your stars and the players you need to make your team go are healthy. And so that's what we're going to see from a management perspective. Anything else that you need to add from an injury perspective? Nope. Let's, uh, let's get to some, let's get to some practice takeaways and plenty of thoughts on the quarterback battle. Other position battles will do that coming up next. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And if you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the tap half dozen or so options have been taken off the lot. You can expect Lions rookie Jameer Gibbs, my guy during draft season, Jameer Gibbs, to be a roaring engine as he takes the lead role in an overhauled backfield in Detroit. The real first-round pick is a steal as an RB2, possessing the talent and pedigree to deliver immediate results in a loaded offense. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, the same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Training camp practice and training camp rolls on in Cincinnati. Last practice before pads come on, and you know those guys in the trenches are excited for that. And one of the big roster battles, the only hypothetical starting roster uh, position open in contest in this training camp period, at least we think, is right tackle where the Bengals continue to rotate Jackson Carmen and Jonah Williams. And on Monday, Jonah Williams was working with the second team while Jackson Carmen got another shot with the first team. And for those keeping score at home, that's uh -oh. three days, I believe, uh -oh. 
at number one for Jackson Carmen and two days for Jonah Williams. Now, one of those days, Jonah was a planned rest day, according to Zach Taylor, and he was not working with the twos. He just was not working as much as they're easing him back in a little bit. Just crown him. Just crown him, Jake. You you Jackson? think Jackson's going to be the starter. Just go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and say it. We'll see when pads come on. I don't think that, and I'm not seeing everything, of course, but the clips that I have seen, Jackson Carmen looks like Jackson Carmen. He, he's What's still, that, what is that supposed to mean? He's, he's the same guy is all that means. He, he's the same kind of player that he's been, I think, for this team in, in recent history where we'll see when pads come on. I think that's something that benefits Carmen, but he's getting beat around the edge a little bit by guys like Sam Hubbard uh, and uh, Cam Sample in a few clips that I've seen where, you know, if he misses that initial punch, the, the recover isn't there. And, and that's out there in a couple of clips. And obviously I'm not seeing everything. Jonah Williams got beat inside by Sam Hubbard in another clip. So it's not like Jackson Carmen's the only guy out there losing pass pro reps at right tackle in this competition. It's not to say that Jonah's like far and away ahead or anything based on what I've seen, but uh, there's still room to grow. And we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it when pads come on, when preseason games happen and all that stuff. I, I think Jackson Carmen is still looking up Jonah Williams on the step chart. Yeah, I I would agree. I, I even though I pulled your chain there and laughed about it probably harder than I should have. I, I do think that they're much like they are with Trey Hendrickson or any of these guys. I was I was curious to see how they would go with Jonah, and I think what it is is all right. We know what he can be. Let's get him the reps, but let's not overdo it. Let's get him the the experience so he can have the confidence at right tackle. But let's also make sure that that knee, it, it continues to move in the right direction, even though he's fully cleared all of those things. So I just think that that's the approach they're taking. We will see. I would be shocked if this competition goes in, in 79's favor and Jackson Carmen's favor. I just think 73, Jonah Williams, is going to be the guy. Maybe we're dead wrong. And, and if we're dead wrong, the, there's plenty of time for Jackson to show it, starting with w the pads coming on and – that's why I haven't talked with Frank Pollock yet, Jake. I wanted to wait until the pads came on and, and then we'll get to see a little bit and then go from there. Because overall, I think I've said it a few times. I think this offensive line is going to be really good, regardless of who plays right tackle. Obviously, I've made my feelings known about Jonah. But if uh, if this line is as, as good as I think it's going to be, then then Joe Burrow might be able to just stand back there with that calf wrap on and, and throw darts because he's uh, he might have some time and might not have to roll out like he was doing last Thursday. Sam Hubbard talked to Sam Weish after practice on Monday and, and Sam talked up the interior offensive line. And, and even in a couple of clips I saw, Cordell Volson has, there, there was one that we talked about where Zach Carter got him a couple of days ago, I think. But mm -hmm. outside of that, a couple of clips I've seen where the interior offensive line looks good. Sam Hubbard talked up the chemistry between those guys. They have continuity at those three spots and Cordell Volson coming into year two. We know that Ted Karras and, Alex Kappa are plus players. Wait, wait, Jake, go back. Who did he talk to? It wasn't Sam Weish. Steve Weish. There you, oh, gotcha. There you Sam Hubbard, it. Steve Weish. Gotcha. There you go. Okay, yeah. there we go. Just to be clear. Are you talking NFL about the Network. NFL Network? Yeah. Analyst. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Yeah. there we go. People are going to hear Sam Weish and think about the coach, but RIP, Sam Weish. Really okay, doesn't matter. Let's move on. Uh, it's fine. Just, you're, just, you're just a note Steve, on Steve. the uh, – 
just a note on the interior offensive line that I thought was interesting. Also interesting is that you're, you're seeing guys have really good battles in there. Mm -hmm. uh, a clip that sees Chris Evans at running back work across the formation and shotgun and pick up a blitzing Dax Hill and doing a good job oh. in pass protection on that play. One Michigan man also, on another. Also sees Jackson Carmen blocking well at right tackle, and you got a bunch of one-on-ones across the board because the Bengals have five defensive linemen plus a blitz on that play. You got one-on-ones, and all those offensive linemen are doing pretty well. And then there's a really fun battle on that particular play where Joseph Osai can get underneath the inside armor of Orlando Brown and forklift him a little bit, but then you see where Orlando Brown's size and strength comes into play, has almost 100 pounds on Osai, right? Or, or maybe more than 100 pounds on Osai, depending on the day and depending yeah. on what those guys are, are playing at right now. And even though he literally has his inside arm forklifted and, and isn't able to use it, his outside arm is able to do enough to slow Osai down on an inside move to make his life still really difficult. And so you get some of that stuff. And when pads come on, it'll be more interesting to see, but th there are certainly plenty of reasons, I think for optimism for the offensive line, even though I, I did say that it looks like to me, Jackson Carmen still has a ways to go. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, that's, that's such a crucial part of this, of this team uh, of what they've been over the past couple of years and what we're expecting them to be this year. So hopefully the offensive line can take a step forward. I will say just offense wise, and we'll get into the quarterbacks in a second, but man, oh man, Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Yeah. It, it, it isn't just with Joe Burrow. It's with any, it's with any quarterback because they make quarterbacks look good. Like the quarterback competition is going to be whoever, whoever gets the ones on that day. Like that's, who's going to look really good because Jamar Chase today made Jake Browning look really good. A nice, uh, he, he had to stop essentially on a, on a go ball. I tweeted mm -hmm. this out and DJ Turner was able to make it a contested play, but he had him beat like it's over. It's blouses. It's a touchdown. It's gritty time. And, uh, Jamar still made the catch. It was a really nice play. And, and then T Higgins was just all over the field, catching and passes over the middle, catching passes, slants, catching posts. So, uh, really nice day for him too. So I just wanted to shout out the two receivers, the two studs. Hopefully they're in Cincinnati for a long time. And Zach Taylor also talking up his receivers after practice and, and referencing them as really the stand. I mean, they're playing at such a high level so far in this camp from, from everything you've seen from those guys, it's not been perfect. I mean, it's training camp, but they've been dominant and that's not to take anything away from the Bengals corners either. Right. Because we've been pretty impressed with Cam Taylor, mm -hmm. Britt, with DJ Ivy, with DJ Turner, guys that we've talked yep. about throughout training camp. And DJ Turner continues to show a few things at a really high level. And then, you know, Andre Yosevash is huge. He's a giant next to, to DJ, uh, DJ Turner, and he's able to make a play in the end zone. Or Jamar Chase is a freak and one of the strongest, if not the strongest pound-for-pound -pound wide receiver in the NFL, and he's able to make a play using his strength like we saw him back together Saturday and, and a little bit on that deep ball that you just referenced, but the corners are still in good position and, and they're doing things that you really like to see from a technical aspect. And so a lot of encouraging signs to go around, even where you're getting these top tier performances from two of the best receivers in the league. And this is where you just talk about iron sharpening iron, right. And, and yeah. hoping that that's the way that goes, but there are more training camp takeaways for us to talk about here, James, to finish up the show. And we'll continue with a wrap up of Monday's practice here coming up next. One quick note on the cornerbacks you were talking about. Cheeto, Cheeto Beauzier, that man has wings. 
he can fly because I've never seen someone run so damn fast coming off of an ACL. That dude, he's ready. I'll just go ahead and say it. And I, he hasn't told me that, but the eye test, the eye test says a lot. I think he could go out there right now and guard Jamar Chase. Now, Zach Taylor, when I asked, said, oh, we're in no rush to put him out there in team drills. And I get it. You can give him another month. And with the depth at corner, if they have this amount of depth, you can limit his snaps early on and, and, and let him go that route. But he looks awesome. There's, there's no denying it because it's not just straight line, right? I've seen him do all the quickness stuff and agility stuff, all of those things. But the, the straight line speed that I saw on Monday was, uh, was awesome. So shout out to Cheeto because he continues to, to impress me the way he's coming back from this. I, I think him and Burrow are both going to be on the field week one. Yeah, and if he wasn't going to be, he wouldn't have been activated off the physically unable to perform list in all likelihood before the start of training camp practices. That that just doesn't make sense from a from a roster management perspective if they're not very optimistic on his chances. We'll finish up so, some notes on the practice. I do want to quickly give a shout out because we're starting something new here at Lockdown Bengals, which is this really cool thing called subtext. This is the ability for you to get text from us directly to your phone. And that's a way for us to provide you with insight as it happens at training camp or thoughts during a game or any, any thoughts throughout the week in film review. And it also gives you an opportunity to text back with us and you get a direct line to us and we won't necessarily be able to answer every single message, but this is a really cool opportunity for us to engage with you more directly and it's just like you're, you're texting right with us. There's going to be a link in our episode description to join the subtext campaign, to join the subtext community here on Lockdown Bengals, where we will get you some of those training camp insights and things like that directly to your phone. And we're still working on what other cool things we're going to be able to do with that. But there will be content that we can deliver to you directly to you, and you'll be able to interact with us through this thing, through this program, through the subscription so you can get those details again in a link below at joinsubtext.com slash lockdown bangles. You also get a 14 day free trial as we're working on it and bringing it online here this week for the first time. So hopefully some of you find that cool. And if you don't, nothing else changes. Lockdown Bengals stays the same, but we are going to shout that out as we roll that out. And James, let's finish up with Monday's practice. Other standouts for you. You could DM Jake, you could DM Jake your number and he'll just get, get you signed up that way. And then make you pay. You're going to get a bunch of DM numbers. I, I will not do that, to be clear. James <laughs> is making a joke in case in case you're not sure. You can hear him laughing now. For anyone not watching, that sounded pretty sincere. I you, could say. Tweet Jake, you could tweet Jake. Here, actually, should I give out your number? That's what I'll nope, do. And don't, you could text. don't do that. You could you're going to get international rates if you text me anyway. But the, there will be a link in the description. But James, let's get back to to Monday's practice, it's shall we? It's 25074. No. All right. Anyway. <laughs> that only that leaves was like seven numbers for them to guess. Oh my gosh. All right. Your number ain't that hard to get if someone really wanted it. Come on. Oh, it's hard. It's, it's anyways, a valued treasure. That said, other takeaways. So I mentioned Jamar Chase's big play. Um, Andre Yosevash had a real nice catch on the sidelines. I think he's growing. I know a lot of people have seen clips of him losing to DJ Turner and things like that. I, I think we're seeing some gradual improvement from him. He's working really hard. Charlie Jones continues to be Charlie Jones. I just think he's smooth like butter, working really hard. He's going to be a, a big part of this offense. And uh, if needed, of course. 
And uh, really the play, we haven't talked about Irv Smith much. Mm-hmm. Irv Smith Jr. had a really nice catch touchdown in the back of the end zone during a red zone drill from Jake Browning. And Browning had to roll out a, a little bit and bide some time, move to his right in the pocket. And uh, Irv Smith cut one way, realized he was covered, came back the other and made a nice catch and was able to get his uh, both feet down and I think a knee down in the back of the end zone without going out of bounds. I had a really good view of it. I was on the phone doing a radio hit, but I had a really good view of it. So definitely a touchdown, one of the big highlights. And it was good to see for Irv Smith Jr. because obviously the Bengals are banking on him to be tight end one. Yeah, we've seen, honestly, in a lot of the highlights I've seen, Drew Sample has been on the field. So Drew Sample getting plenty of work, I think, with the number ones. But that is certainly a highlight for Irv Smith. On on the scramble drill, I, I think you mentioned, two feet down, I'm watching the play right now, no knee as far as I can tell, but two feet okay. very clearly in, drags the back foot uh, as he's going to the ground. Who posts that, Trags? Uh, Paul Daner has it. Uh, uh, Trags has it as well. Daner had it? What the heck? Yeah, they both they My both had it at God. different angles. Uh, also, shout out offensive line on that play. I know it was a scramble drill, but I think they, they did pretty well, and it was more of a scramble to extend the play than being flushed out of the pocket. It was more of a first look isn't there, Let's try to create outside of structure for Jake Browning, and you get you get the touchdown catch there for him. And there was also some Chris Evans action on that play with the one, some some uh, Trent Irwin on the field there as well. So mixing guys in, making sure the guys get reps, get those opportunities, and that, that that's what you'd like to see. I can't believe Daner got it. I mean, I want to make fun of him for his. Uh his lack of zoom ability, but uh, still pretty good. Yeah. The, so the knee, he got knocked out. He got knocked down afterwards. I remembered as he got knocked down mid catch. Um, anyways, that said, still a good play. I'm trying to think if there's any other, other plays that really, Oh, other thing I wanted to mention. That's it. My guy, money Mac that, yeah. you know, that money Mac nickname that was invented on this podcast. I just remind people because our new listeners don't remember that because they didn't hear it when it happened. Evan McPherson looks awesome. So not that he was bad last year, but like you could argue that he was ready for a bounce back year with the way he was, uh, the trajectory was after that rookie season and how great he was in the postseason. Big expectations for Money Mac. He looks really it's, good. It's at 40 to 49 yard range for him for whatever reason. That is where he needs to be more consistent. To, and that's really the only whole significant hole in his game, right? I guess he missed some extra points last year. You would, you well, would that, like your, and that would be the one. Yep. You would like your kicker to make every extra point. You would like your kicker to be 90% in the 40 to 49 yard range. You would like that to be kicking field goals in the 40 to 49 yard range because that means you're between the, well, you're, you're pretty close to the end zone. I'm not doing field goal yardage math right now at the end of the show, but you're in pretty good field position. You don't want to be kicking too many field goals from that spot on the field. But great to hear for Evan McPherson, who honestly, the only note. I've heard about Evan McPherson. This entire training camp was a 67 yarder that he attempted in Paul Brown stadium to finish up back together Saturday that came up short. And then he went back out there and nailed a 65 yarder to, mm-hmm. to make sure he, you know, he, he still got, it. he, he still has, has that, that long field goal ability. And it's just, I mean, that gets pretty hard to be consistent call, out at that length. They call him money Mac for a reason, Jake. What's the reason? Is it because you invented the nickname on the Lockdown Bengals podcast? That's right. There you go. Any other dark horses that, that we should mention? Like Tanner Hudson, no Tanner Hudson notes today. 
No, I mean, he made a couple catches, but nothing crazy. You know, we'll see. Devin Asiasi had a nice catch. Um, did I mention Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon had a nice touchdown run in red zone. Noticed a, a couple clips with, with Chris Evans out there with the ones. So that's something to shout out. I think they are probably rotating many, many running backs in that picture. I, I think that behind Mixon, it's still quite murky. In a lot of ways, Travion Williams still out there as well. Um the one other thing I noticed was a nice combo block. I think it was Ossie, Ossie and Williams with the second team on a running play in the red zone, but that's just one play. Excited to see more when the pads come on and we'll continue to update you here on Locked on Bengals with all of the training camp takeaways and you'll get those observations. Some of the stuff we talked about in detail today, you might get on subtext if you check that out. And if you don't, we'll talk about it on the podcast anyway. So you won't be missing out on anything, but you might get those a little bit sooner if that's something that you're interested in, you can always tweet at us too if you have questions about what that's going to look like. But that being said, James, pads come on Tuesday. It's time. It's time for things in the trenches to get real interesting. So excited for that. We'll have your updates from the first padded practice of the season in tomorrow's episode. And later on this week, like I mentioned, we'll have some more in-depth discussion about Joe Burrow's recovery from the calf injury assuming that we don't get any further news, definitive updates about that injury outside of just seeing him walk across the locker room before then. So until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.